morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Midweek Live with Rank program. Thank you for tuning in today. I very much appreciate that. If you would like to join us, you know, as part of the show, be part of the show. Give us your thoughts or an opinions or questions about what we're talking about today. It's easy. Just dial 2 or punch up 269 Four four one nine five nine five. That should already be in a speed dial anyway. So look at your speed dial. Two six nine four four one nine five nine five. Or you can email me at rank R E as an excellent N K at townsquaremedia.com. And obviously, if you have an app of one of the stations that you're listening to me. On, you can app chat with us that way. All kinds of way to get in touch with us. Today, coming up very shortly, because I only have a short amount of time with this gentleman. He is uh, Steve Daly from the Mackinac Center for Public Policy and their Legal Foundation. I spoke with him last evening, last night, because I noticed that uh, there is the a, a suit being brought by the mother uh, a mother against Rochester Community School District because the Rochester Community School District was refusing her FOIA request to look at course material that they were teaching her kids and other kids. And Steve is part of the case uh, against the school district. So I asked him to come on. He is currently, I think, said writing a brief for the Michigan Supreme Court. So he only has a little bit of time. So we're going to be, uh, I'm going to run my commercials a little bit earlier. We'll probably about 9, uh, 16, 17 is when we'll talk to Steve. It accompanies a piece I put out there, published this morning, Rochester School District uh, denying parents the ability to review course materials. You can check out any of my pieces at wbckfm.com or one of the sites you're listening to me on. Definitely in the morning. You know what? I keep saying that. I was rushed again this morning. I'm going to go and find out if it is on my affiliates yet. And um, it is not. So if you want to check it out real quick, go to my flagship station, wbckfm.com. Click on the Rochester School District denying parents the ability to review course material. There's a lot of great information on that, and we'll be talking to Steve about that today. Now, I just want to preface my interview with this. This is how I start off my piece. So many parents thought the public school system was there to serve them and their children. Little did they know that they are there to serve the public school system and the approximately 350,000 people who work at them. Or at least that is what many in the public school system think. Now, did you guys ever think there would come a day when a Michigan or, or any state's public school would deny parents access to course material that they are being that are is being used in the education of their child. I, I I'm telling you, if we can look at a rosy side of this pandemic, it really comes down to that. 
that we are exposing all of this re-education that is occurring to our uh, against our kids, re-educating their mind to this, well, I guess, what? To what? You got to ask yourself, I wrote the question, what exactly is the Rochester School District hiding from the parents? I don't, I don't understand it. But it's that education, I think, that is damaging to their kids. They know it's damaging. They know it's not right. Or they would have just said, here it is. Check it out. This is what we're teaching your kids. That goes along with this. I, I, I wrote a piece, another piece. And I did it because... We need to spread the word all over the place. You may or may not have heard of this yet, but share this with Facebook groups or anybody who cares about our country. Again, this isn't a right or a left issue. This is our children issue. And if we have, well, the name of my piece is Michigan chose Biden. Biden chose a nominee for the Supreme Court who cannot define the term woman. Not joking. Yesterday, she had a conversation, Judge Katanja Brown Jackson, with Senator Blackburn, Marsha Blackburn. Senator Blackburn said, Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Miss Jackson said, or Judge Jackson said, quote, Can I provide a definition? No, I can't. End quote. Blackburn says, you can't? Jackson says, not in the context. I'm not a biologist, end quote. Blackburn said, do you believe the meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Here it is. And again, she's on a school board, a private school board, who had no, she had no idea that they were teaching critical race theory there. Oh, oh, they didn't name it critical race theory. It's like Biden. Biden never called for the defunding of police. He just called for the redistribution of money from police budgets to something else. Same thing here. Well, they're not going to call it critical race theory. At least the, uh, the honest ones will, which was the superintendent from Detroit. He'll call it CRT. Oh, yeah, we're teaching CRT. This woman had no idea she said they were teaching CRT or is trying to claim they're not at this private school. Anyway, this is what's going on with against our kids. And I use the word against. And you don't believe me? Here's the video or audio of it. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition. So we'll get back at that. I want to get uh, take my commercial break real quick here, come back and talk to Steve. But again, I played that because that is what is part of what these people are teaching our kids, and that's why they want to hide it. You listen to Live with Rank. We'll be right back 
after this to speak to Steve DeLay from the Mackinac Center for Public Policy about the case against Rochester Community School District. Alive with rank, and I appreciate that very, very much. As promised, on air with us is Steve DeLee from the Mackinac Center for Public Policy. He's the director of Open Government and Transparency at the Public Policy, and he's involved with this Rochester Community School District case where they were denying the parents their ability to review some course material. And that course material. Oh, I should have highlighted that so I can get to it real quickly in my piece. Had to do with, I think, here it is, history of ethnic and gender studies. And we just found out yesterday, a Harvard graduate, undergraduate, and graduate, a law school uh, graduate, up for the Supreme Court, cannot define the word woman. Yeah. We've got some issues, guys. Let's go to the phone lines. And Steve, good morning, Steve. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Ray. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. I know you're very busy. We spoke last evening and uh, you're working on some Supreme Court briefs or something important like that. So I appreciate you coming on air. What's going on with this particular case? And as I wrote in my my piece. I said, I believe the details of this case are secondary to the remarkable revelation that a school district right here in Michigan can deny the clients of their school, that being the parents and their children, the ability to review any class material being taught in their schools. What is sure, going I, on, and, number one? And number two, what do listeners need to know, parents need to know uh, about their rights and, and schools denying them that? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, which is the real core of this case is whether or not parents have the ability to obtain public records from schools. And that could be things related to curriculum, um, which is part of this case. It could be things related to teacher training materials, which is also part of this case. And it really boils down to the simple question of are parents, especially parents within that school district, able to gain access to that material. And that's really what we're after in trying to make sure that, that our clients' rights are vindicated. Why did the Rochester Community School District refuse it in the beginning, in the first place? I, I'm having trouble finding out a reason why. Sure. Um, so it depends on which portion of the request, but I'll focus on the course materials first. Um, for the course materials specifically, what the school district said is essentially this. We, the school district, don't actually collect course materials from our individual member schools. Uh, so we're not in possession of them, and so we don't have anything to give you. Now, the corollary to that would ordinarily be, okay, well, then you can go to the individual schools and ask for those materials because they would collect them. In this case, the school district said, you can't do that. The FOIA requests all have to come through us. We're not going to go to the schools and ask for the stuff that they have, <laughs> and you can't go to them directly to ask for it. Uh, so, Rank, can I get this from you? No, I'm sorry. My wife has that. Uh, so you're asking me for it, but my wife has it. Uh, well, all right, we'll go and get it from your wife. Well, I'm sorry. No, to get to my wife, you have to get to me, and I'm not going to ask my wife for that. But we're not denying anything. No, not at all. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's basically what's happening, right? 
Essentially, yes. Um, and, and there is a provision of FOIA that says you don't have to give stuff that you don't have. And that makes sense. But the law is fairly clear as far as I can tell, which is if you have somebody who's who you represent, who's your agent, who's part of your public body, in this case, the school district, you have an obligation to go and retrieve those materials if they exist. It'd be one thing if you went to the school and said, hey, can I have these materials in the school said they don't exist for whatever reason. That's a reasonable response. But to not ask, we think goes beyond what's legally allowed. So what do other parents that are listening right now, what should they take away from what they're doing, what you guys are doing, and where you're at right now in the case? Um, well, I think the biggest takeaway for parents is to understand what is available. And what is available is any public record of a public body that's used for its public purpose. In this case, we're talking about a school. So it would be education. Those records are designed to be accessible. And when asking, I mean, generally speaking, you could simply ask and receive these materials. In this case, a FOIA request was required. You can FOIA for these materials. And if they aren't being provided to you, um, it's important to understand that unless there's a very specific exemption in FOIA, like uh, privacy records for an individual student, that's exempt. But unless it's something like that, it's not enough to say we don't have it and we're not going to go look for it. That's something that parents throughout Michigan should be very aware, in my opinion, and we'll see how the court decides, isn't permitted by law. Okay, so where are we at in this court case right now? And is it coming to some resolution? Well, where we're at in the court case is just, I think it was just last week that we filed the initial complaint, which outlines our our theory of the case, which explains the facts of the case, and which tells the judge essentially why they should rule in our favor. Um, that's available on our website at Mackinaw.org. Uh, but beyond that, uh, the, the school district will not have a chance to respond. They'll provide what's called an answer. And then where it goes from there is kind of up in the air. If the school district wants to negotiate a settlement where the records are produced, um, you know, that's certainly one way this could be resolved. That's the best way for everybody involved, and that's the taxes. Uh, if that doesn't occur, then we're probably looking at motions back and forth, arguing about the law, and then a judge will have to make a choice, and that will likely take a couple of months. So any course material, can we make it this general? Any teaching course material, any course material that is being taught to your kids, you should have a right to review, ask for. Generally speaking, yes, um, as long as they already exist. So if you ask well, of yeah, of what course. will be taught in six months, you can't get that. But anything that's already been taught that still exists in a, in a database somewhere, you should be able to access it. Okay. And if, so that's very easy to understand. Uh, and I, I remember us talking last night and me reading that now they're trying to claim copyright uh, on this course material. Um, yes and no. So they are claiming copyright. They're claiming it for the teacher training materials. Essentially what their argument is, is we've acquired these materials to train our teachers. We've purchased them, but we didn't create them. So we don't own them. So we don't own the copyright to them. And because of that, all you're allowed to do is come in and inspect them. You're not allowed to make copies or do anything else. Well, that's a problem. Um, and, and here's why. The core purpose of FOIA 
is to allow the public to engage with public bodies. It's to hold government accountable. It's to let people participate in the democratic process. That's written into the law. And if you can't share materials, if every individual person has to come in and inspect them, that really chills that core public purpose of FOIA. And so, and beyond that, this exemption is rarely applied. Um, and in fact, so rarely that as far as I can tell, no court has dealt with it in Michigan. Our eight, two different AGs have applied on it 20 years apart and I think 30 years ago. So it's really an open question. And if this exemption applies in the way the district claims that it does, it could open the door for a lot less disclosure uh, from every public body throughout the state. It would essentially limit FOIA to only records created by the government. Well, here would be my question. Now, I'm not a lawyer, and I don't even try to play one on radio. But here's just a simple, I'm a common man with some common sense questions. I would have said this, or this is what I will say. All right, you're saying it's copyright. You guys paid for that material. Or, you know, here's the line of question. Did you pay for that material? Yes. Okay. Whose money did you use to pay? Well, out of our school budget. Whose money makes up the school budget? The taxpayer. I am a taxpayer. So I paid for that material. Thus, I don't, it wouldn't be a copyright infringement because I paid for it. Now, you're a lawyer. How does that sound? I mean, it, it, overall, it sounds pretty reasonable. Um, I guess our opinion on this is let's, let's assume that copyright applies. Well, then you have to ask the question, is there an exception? Uh, because like most things in law, there's usually some kind of exception. In this case, there's one that's called fair use. And fair use allows you to use copyrighted materials for certain things. Uh, commentary, criticism. Uh, in this case, it doesn't apply, but parody. Well, we don't know what is in these materials. Neither I know nor my client know. But if they're good materials, they're likely to be used for commentary. And if my client has concerns with them, she's likely to criticize them. Both of those fall clearly within the fair use exception, so the material should be provided. Okay. So that's where we're at right now. You're waiting for a response from Rochester Community School District on, I guess, if they're going to continue to fight access to this course material and where we go from there. Um, where we go from there is, is if, if they do choose to, to challenge the, the complaint, if they decide that this is a case worth arguing about, um, we'll continue to go to court right now. We're in uh, Oakland County court and that's where this will be decided. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come on air, Steve. Thank you very, very much. Thanks so much, Frank. You have a great one. You do, too. Well, that was Steve DeLee. Oh, got to do something else here. Oh, there we go. Steve DeLee from the Mackinac Center for Public Policy and the Legal Foundation concerning this case in Rochester. Why I wanted to bring it to all of you is it's not just Rochester. It, Rochester is the impetus for me to bring it to all of you. How, how could you not see everything that's going is involved in teaching your kid. Now you can find out more 
at WBCKFM.com. I'll give you a few more details just about what was in the complaint itself. I didn't want to take that time uh, during our discussion with Steve because I know he had to skedaddle real quickly. We'll talk about that in a little bit more in depth coming up right after this. You're listening to me, Rank, on the Live with Rank show. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Live with Rank, and that's what this mother's trying to do. Uh, she's just trying to get what she wants. You can't always get what you want, according to Mick and the Stones. Well, when it comes to this case, I think you should. We're talking about this piece I published this morning in the interview I just had with uh, Steve Dilley from the Mackinac Center for Public Policy and their legal foundation. They're uh, on this case with everyone uh, or for this uh, this mother and are trying to just simply see some course material that the school district is refusing to allow them to see. The name of the piece is Rochester School District Denying Parents the Ability to Review Course Materials. And by the way, if you didn't catch that interview or you want to hear something again, it'll be up on podcast probably within an hour, I'd say, after the show ends. Just go to my flagship station's website, wbckfm.com. Click on Radio On Demand under Quick Links, and it's there. Or it's under Spotify. I'm on Spotify, too. So if you use Spotify for podcasting, just look for Live with Rank, WBCK. And as I wrote in my piece, so many parents thought the public school system was there to serve them and their children. Little did they know that they are there to serve the public school system and the approximately 350,000 people who work at them. 1.4 million students, 350,000 government workers working at these schools. And then I wrote, did you ever think there would come a day when a Michigan or any other state's public school would deny parents access to course materials that are being used in the education of their children? What exactly is Rochester School District hiding from the parents? Last Monday, the 14th, the Mackinac Center's legal foundation filed a suit on behalf of a parent there. In fact, a parent of several children that attend Rochester Public Schools. She is simply a mom who wants to review class material that is being used in their classrooms and material given to the teachers on what to teach to these kids. Now, Steve, in an article or a quote, stated to me, schools must, must make curriculum available to parents under Michigan law. Despite these Rochester schools repeatedly failed to fulfill this legal obligation, it shouldn't take months of back and forth, hundreds of dollars in a lawsuit just to see what is being taught in your community, end quote. And as I said earlier, before the interview, I believe the details of this case are secondary to the remarkable revelation that a school district right here in the state of Michigan can deny the clients of their school, obviously the parents and the children, the ability to review any class material being taught in their schools. Any taxpayer should be able to review these materials since they are paid for and by the taxpayer. The government employees who work at these schools are being paid by the taxpayer. They work for us. We do not work to only pay them. Now, as I told you, it involves Rochester Community School District's violation of Michigan's Freedom of Information Act, or commonly known as uh, known as FOIA. 
by withholding course materials for the class of, quote, history of ethnic and gender studies, end quote. So ask yourself, what is in those course materials that the school district doesn't feel it need or feels it needs to hide from the parents? In the complaint, they write, it is incredibly disappointing that the district, well, hold on. No, I'm sorry. In a news release, the mother writes, it is incredibly disappointing that the district continues to refuse to be transparent and has stonewalled my efforts to learn more about what is being taught in the classroom. Michigan parents deserve better. Rochester Community Schools is committed to cultural proficiency, diversity, equity, inclusion, and social and emotional learning for all. We focus on state curriculum standards to provide a high-quality public education for our students, and a caring and supportive learning environment where all members are safe, valued, and respected. I'm sorry. You know what? I just, it looks like I screwed up and put two different quotes together. The Rochester Schools is committed to cultural is actually came from the school. So I'm going to have to fix that. Now, in the complaint, they state, quote, this case deals with the matter of significant public interest, namely the ability of parents to ensure schools are transparent about the lessons being taught to the children they serve. The need for transparency is in this particular area is essential as it affords parents the opportunity to understand what their children are learning and to fully engage with local government officials about those lessons. The district failed to address any specific argument raised in plaintiff's appeal including the fact that the district's position would inherently mean that no classroom materials had been produced in a course that had been actively taught for over six months, end quote. Now, I know there's a lot there to digest, but go to WBCKFM.com and you'll check out the piece. So at the beginning of the article, I asked, what is the Rochester Community School District hiding from the parents? I end with asking, what is the Rochester Community School District putting into the head of these children that they are afraid for their parents to know? 269-441-9595. Lines are open. Give us a call. Love to hear from you. Let's go to one of those lines. And uh, John, good morning, John. Welcome to the show. Uh, good morning, Rank. Uh uh, Steve Delaney, of course, is an excellent attorney, as is uh, Dave Coleman and uh, some others that you have on there. And this is a call to all attorneys listening to correct anything I might say, because uh, uh, law is can be very complicated. It can be very technical. But I'm going to break this down to very, very simple. And the very simple, and we've spoken about it previously, is I believe that we are talking about agency principal relationship. And we have to identify here, besides the statutes in question, who's the principal and who's the agent, okay? And unless there is a specific statute on point telling the school district, which I believe is the agent, uh, that they can't do something. I think as the agent of the principal, which is the parent, 
And they get to be the uh, principal by virtue of giving them the money to buy the gasoline to put in their engines so they can drive their educational system, okay? Uh, then they should be abiding by the reasonable wishes of the parent being the principal. And the reasonable wishes are not for private information of other students or what have you, but information regarding what the principal wants to see is being taught to its charges, which are its children. Now, I had a situation a number of years ago where I wanted my number four, um, Mary, she says she's, I saved the best to last, who I wanted to go to possibly go to school up right near the University of Wisconsin. So I requested to have her records sent to this uh, top level boarding school up there. And after two weeks, they weren't sent. And I scratched my head and said, there must be something wrong. So I talked to Mary and she said, oh, no, the counselor decided he's not going to send them because I don't want him to send them. And I said, the counselor doesn't get that choice. So I went to the principal and this was in Portage and we had a meeting and the principal said, uh, the counselor is dead wrong. Mr. Conlon, if you want those records sent, they will be going out this afternoon. And I said, send them. And guess what happened? What? They went out that afternoon because that principal understood, that principal of the school understood that he was my agent. He wasn't my principal. And so basically, part of what's happening here is they're playing a delay game and they're trying to block and frustrate the mom in this instance from getting access to what I believe is going to be determined to be her right. And I think Dave, one of the approaches he ought to consider, and he probably has, is that the school district and the school superintendent and the principal of the high school or grade school and the teacher are all the agents of the mom. In using the terms principal and agent, are, are you trying to equate it to contract? Well, basically, I'm trying to equate the relationship. I understand that, but why are you bringing in the terms agent and principal? Well, because somebody has to be in charge of the relationship, okay? And somebody has to execute the relationship. You might call it contract. I don't care if you call it that. You have to understand that in American law, matters are mixed with contract torts and a lot of different things together uh, in a single relationship. And part of it, you might call a contract relationship. Okay. I'm just, so this, in your case, this counselor at a Portage school, high school, uh, or school, we'll just leave it at school, uh, decided that uh, he is not going to um, do what you want him to do. It's not your wishes. It's your underage child wishes. And your underage child didn't want him to go. So this counselor is listening to the child and not the parent. 
Well, that's one way you can put it. Or the counselor is saying that he has more power and authority over uh, things impacting my child than I do. I think I would have brought a humongous bill to him just trying to figure out what it cost me to raise that child through all those years and then handed it to him saying, you want to be the parent? Hand over this cash to me. Well, I think what you'll find out when you're dealing with attorneys that we take the least uh, confrontational approach that we possibly can to the situation and we look for the point of highest impact to make the process move along. And the point of impact was a very good principle of one of the Portage High Schools, and he addressed it immediately. And he passed a clear message down to the counselor, who had been there a long time, and everybody liked him. All right. Well, it was certainly, I don't know. I'm surprised that schools are playing, showing their cards. Or if they're not. If I was advising these schools, I would say from a communication standpoint, you're doing the worst you can do. Uh, Let's say I would ask them, is there something you're trying to hide here from the parents? No. Well, then why are you doing this? Because you're certainly given anybody with common sense and a brain uh, the ability to say, yes, they must be hiding something. Uh, So I come to the conclusion that they are hiding something, unless they're just stupid people. And I don't think you get to be a principal or a superintendent if you're stupid or a bobblehead. So it's one or the other. I I think what you're saying is a lot of political preferences of people in positions of responsibility are getting in the way of facing what their relationship is and what their duty is. That's what I think you're saying. Yeah, that may be. All right, thanks, John, for calling in. Appreciate that very, very much. Line just opened up, 269-441-9595. Why do you think these schools are doing this? Because it's just giving uh, the common sense person, like many of us, the ability to say, yes, they must be hiding something. That's like you go to your teenage kid. I want to go in your room. There's no need to go in my room. Why is there something? You hiding something from me? Nope, nope, but I'm not going to allow you in my room. Well, then that tells me you're trying to hide something from me. Nope, not trying to hide something from me. Just don't need. That's my thought. You listen to Live with Rank. We'll be right back after this. Stop. You listen to Live with Rank. Do not give up. Do not give up. Even though schools, more and more schools around the state here appears to be saying that don't come around here no more you do not need to know what we're teaching your kids you do not need to know the course material that we're going over with your kids yesterday remember i told you in austin texas they were teaching pre-k and older about lgbtq topics topics so what is pre-k is like four right Four, five years old, six, seven years old. And they were telling them, shh, shh, don't tell your parents. What we talk about here stays here. So that 
discussion on the Rochester Community Schools District and what they're doing, it's out there at WBCKFM.com. Since we're talking about schools, there is more Michigan information that I'm going to get to. I want to bring up, well, I just brought up what I talked about yesterday concerning Austin, Texas, where four- and five-year-old students were told to keep conversations about LGBTQ topics in their classroom quiet and away from, well, to not tell anyone. What means to not tell your parents? Every one of those teachers and anybody in the administration involved, if they're not fired from their positions, then that should tell you something. How about this? It's, it's the insanity is going everywhere. That was in Texas. The Rochester school situation was here in Michigan. How about Massachusetts? A Massachusetts public school district is holding an event for families that gives priority to certain demographics, such as families of color. And that's according to a flyer advertising the event. It's Cambridge Public Schools. That's where Harvard is. Cambridge Public Schools hosting an event, quote, to help Cambridge families get ready for summer, end quote. And it's this Saturday. The first 90 minutes of the event are, quote, open to priority families only, end quote. They define priority families, unlike Biden's Supreme Court nominee, who cannot give you a definition for woman. They do define what a priority family is. A priority family who are allowed the first 90 minutes, white people cannot be involved, is defined as, quote, families of color, free and reduced lunch, families who have a child with disabilities, and families whose first language is not English. Well, I guess if you're free and reduced lunch, you could, or disability, white people, they may let you in. Now, I don't know how legally they can do this. These are the people that are worried about money following a kid and God forbid the money that is paid for my check to, to educate a child who's not being educated in many of our public schools these days, especially our inner city public schools. You can't use to, uh, public money to teach kids other than the state run business of education. They're okay with using taxpayer money to run a racist event? First 90 minutes, open to families, priority families only. Priority families are families of color, free reduced lunch, families who have a child with disabilities, and families whose first language language is not English. The final two hours of the event will be, quote, open to all families. We'll talk about that and a lot more in Michigan information coming up after this top of the hour break. You're listening to me, Rank, on the Live with Durang Show, and we'll be right back. Hold on.